Welcome to season four of the Homemaker Chic podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking. We're still doing it from the daily <laughs> grind. We're doing it with red lips. We're doing it with no denim homeschool jumpers. I am your host, Angela Reed of ParisianFarmGirl.com, and I am joined by my best girlfriend, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, 2,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. How are you, my friend? I'm so good. And it's, yes, it's still us. We're still here. So, still so here. sorry, listeners. If you were hoping, Angelo. You can't keep us down, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> You're hoping some amazing new host was going to come in for season four. They're not. <laughs> it's still just. This is a real thing. We're not going anywhere. Still just us here. Um, I'm doing awesome. I actually really, really missed the podcast while we had our break. I know. I was, I'm really ready to be back. And it's a nice break, but I, I dang, missed it. I know. Dang. I know. So what we would love for you to do, if you never have, or if this is the first time you're listening, would you take a second and leave us a five-star positive review? <laughs> iTunes love this, loves that. Google loves that. Wherever you listen, that's helpful. And it helps other homemakers who need encouragement while they are in their daily grind because then the podcast gets recommended to them. And friends, we have such a beautiful community. We have homemakers in Denmark and Scotland and France and Mm -hmm. Canada and all over the United States. And a lot of people have found their tribe these last three seasons. And we're hoping to tear it up for you and have a lot of fun and encouragement in season four. Yes. Season we four have, is going to be baller. It, it Just saying. Today's episode <laughs> is baller. Today's episode is going to be baller. It is. Today's episode of Homemaker Chic is brought to you by Jovial Foods. Been with us now for four seasons and it's holiday time. And that means we're going to be baking and tucking in and getting all kinds of cozy while we're nourishing our families. And there's no better way to do that than with Jovial Foods amazing baking and food products, my friends, to stock your pantry with. You can turn to Jovial for boxed pastas, olive oil, canned beans and tomatoes, cookies, crackers, einkorn berries, if you're into grinding your own flour, which I totally am, all-purpose flour, whole grain flour, and more. These are clean, organic, non-GMO products that provide your family with what you need to prepare fabulous food, whether you're gluten-free or not. I do a big order from jovialfoods.com once a month to stock my pantry. So when I'm in the mood to make something from scratch, like ginger cookies, or I need something like fast food, like boxed pasta, I totally have what I need. So I want you to go give them a visit, jovialfoods.com. I promise the holiday goodies that you bake with their products will be the best you've ever enjoyed. Love you, Jovial. Today's show is also brought to you by American Blossom Linens. Friends, the holidays are right around the corner. So you're thinking of guest bedrooms or maybe you're thinking of gift giving or treating yourself to something fabulous. And American Blossom Linens is the bedding that Shay and I sleep on. Beautiful, homegrown, Texas-grown cotton. No dyes, no imported fabrics. We call these modern vintage sheets. So we love vintage linens here on the show. And we feel like these sheets are the modern equivalent of that beautiful vintage pillowcase that you inherited from your great grandmother. You can visit them at AmericanBlossomLinens.com. 
This is a one-time investment. These sheets are woven to last a lifetime. So no more fighting crowds at the department stores. No more waiting for a special. Make the one-time investment. Sleep like a dream. They get softer with each washing. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the promo code for our fabulous listeners, HomemakerChic20, and get 20% off just for listening to the show. So we got to give the rundown for all the new listeners here. This is Homemaker Chic Podcast. It is season four now, which kind of feels cool. Almost like we're podcast veterans. We're talking into the right side of our microphones. We've got these cool earphones that make us look super techy. We look professional. (laughs) My lighting's a little bit off today. I'm looking a little uh, pale. (laughs) Is it the lighting? Is it the light? I have like a big flood lamp in the corner because otherwise it's just so dark here today. It's October. It's like it looks like it's nine o'clock at night. It's not. Mm. Yeah, It looks very well lit on my end. You look lovely. Okay, it looks totally creepy on mine. So glad. (laughs) thank you for making me feel good. So let's up. Let's paraphrase real fast. Okay, so we're two moms. Yes, we are both homeschooling families. We Mm -hmm. Are both entrepreneurs. We both work. Yes. We're both working moms. We run our businesses from home. Hard working. We've both yeah. been uh, very gone through seasons of want <laughs> and seasons of plenty, and then seasons of want again, and then seasons of plenty. We've kind of by that means she's. We've each. Uh, she means we've each driven vehicles that have been duct taped together. Yeah. So that's that's true. We have. It's our big bond. Yeah. I actually, funny story about the duct tape van. I've told this before. The van doors, they were like those electric doors. This van was given to us for free. Mm -hmm. The electric doors were broken. And when those are broken, like you can't, at least on this van, you couldn't override them. You'd have to just pull it. it uh, Oh, yeah. And it would like barely Uh snag down the electric track. (laughs) My friend Todd and my friends Todd and Jody picked us up the other day for our unnecessary party and their van door did that. Like it, something had gone wrong with it. And so Jody had to open it for me like that. And I was like, it was like PTSD. I was like, <gasps> don't, don't do that. Because that's when I lost all my holiness was when that van door oh, would man. do that. And I had all these babies and I'm carrying car seats and I'm sweating and leaking milk. And then the van door would do that. And then I'd have to duct tape it shut. And it was horrible. Yep. And that's why I don't drive a van anymore. I was like, I'm getting a Suburban because this is too, the doors are too stressful. (laughs) Our Suburban was the one that was duct taped. And when I got my first chickens, we drove four hours because like, apparently that's as close as I could find chickens. I wanted organic chickens. Of course you did. These were ones that were a little bit older. We were going to hide them in our garage. And we've got four kids at the time. It's like 1030 at night. We're driving home in the middle of nowhere and somebody's got a pee. So we pulled over on the side of side of the road. Joel pees him. He goes to close the suburban door and it goes bonk, (laughs) like (laughs) doink, something broke between getting the kid out to pee and putting them back in. And he's like in the back looking for a wrench, anything. He's on the side of the road, just banging this piece of metal so we can just close the freaking door to drive home. And then like Mm -hmm. just a few weeks Mm -hmm. later, the window on the passenger side broke and we had to like duct tape it into place. So I would drop Mm -hmm. the kids off for their homeschool like co-op just in this. It was just a rattle trap. Yeah. 
Beverly Hillbillies, just my goodness. You open the door and a ball jar rolls out. (laughs) An apple core. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I just published a blog post called I bought a stove instead of a car. And yeah, girl, it's true. We still don't drive super nice cars. I'd still much rather spend my money on truffle oil. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, the beater. um, I keep like using that argument with Joel. I'm like, you don't understand. I leave the house like 2.5 times a week, <laughs> but I use the stove three times a day. Yeah. And I want to take a baseball bat to my stove three <laughs> times a day. That can't be good for our home environment. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Keep running down. We live 2000 miles apart. I live in the smack dab middle of Washington state. And Angela lives in the little teeny pinky peninsula of Wisconsin, on Lake Michigan. We never get to see each other before COVID. And now we really never get to see each other. We'll probably just die without ever seeing each other again in person. (sighs) The end. We're sending lots of hair to each other. It's gotten really bad. (laughs) Let's cue the wine music, shall we? Let's do. So this is the part of our podcast where we invite you to pour a glass of wine or if you prefer a cup of tea, cup of coffee, big glass of sparkling water. We happen to like our dry farm wines, and that is who our wine segment is sponsored by. So if you're new here, you're going to hear a lot about dry farms because Shay and I have some pretty strong food convictions, and we like wine, and we needed a wine that would line up with those food convictions. So Dry Farm Wines is a fabulous online company which will ship you organic, naturally yeasted, old world, family grown, no garbage wines. Did you know your wine has 76, could have up to 76 ingredients that don't have to legally be listed on the wine label? No merci. No thank you. (laughs) So we're drinking clean, uh, naturally fermented, delicious wine. Yep. Yes, we are. The biggest thing I love about Dry Farm Wines is that you actually really feel good. Like, you you can have two glasses of wine and you just feel great. You don't get sleepy. You don't get cotton mouth. You don't, you don't, it's just very enjoyable. And I keep going back to what Todd said when we did that interview with him a couple seasons ago. It really is a tapping in. It's not like, hey, I need to check out, you know. Right. It's a... It's an enhanced experience. It's so lovely. And I love them. Absolutely. So what are you sipping today, my friend? 2,000 miles away. I am. Yep, let me grab this. I am sipping. Well, first of all, you guys, visit dryfarmwines.com. Yes. Forward slash homemaker chic. Yes. Because we have some treats for you there. Yes. Um, Let me grab this. Ooh. Wait. Before you tell me what you're sipping. Okay. Listeners, I want you to go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic when you join as a new dry farms customer you can choose three or six or nine or 12 bottles you can do three bubbly you can do three rosé you can do a one-time order you can have them ship it to you monthly totally up to you okay but when you use our link that forward slash homemaker chic you get an extra bottle with your order for just a penny they can't legally give it to you so they give it to you for a penny and we're going to do something extra special for all our Dry oh, Farms yes. customers. Yay. I'm so glad you remembered. I know. So when you go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, you place your first order, whatever that may be. You get your penny bottle in that order as well. And we're going to take all the customers 
that have joined Dry Farms thus far. And everyone who joins this week will be included in that. And we are going to do a drawing for three extra bottles from Angela and I to you. So one of our Dry Farm customers is going to get three extra bottles to have around their Thanksgiving table. So make sure you go and visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, get your order in, and we'll automatically put your name into that raffle. And then we're going to mail you something special. Fantastic. So this is Monday and we will announce that. Let's like announce that when we close out on Thursday. So somebody has some extra reason to celebrate all weekend long. Okay. Fabulous. Yes. Great. Okay. Now what are you sipping? I am sipping. All right. This is, I think it's pronounced Moro, but I don't know. How would you pronounce that? M-O colon R-O-T. Morat? No. Where's it from? Austria. Austria. I knew it. Uh, yeah. Well, I would well, imagine you know. it would, you would pronounce the T. Morat. Morat. It's Let's not call French. it Morat. Morat. All right. It's not. Yeah, true. Okay. So this, um, I really, I, this was enjoyable. Um, I can't believe how many Austrian wines I've been introduced to mm-hmm. because of dry farm, but this is primarily a, uh, Zweigelt, I think is how you say it. Zweigelt grape. And it's Austria's main grape. And it's like a hybrid of the Blaufrankisch and another one. I don't remember. But it's this is a really easy drinking wine. Um, it's really good with like fatty foods with rich flavors. Yes. So Perfect. meats, cheeses, like bean stews for the fall, caramelized onions. And um, to kind of complement that fattiness, there's a suggestion I found to serve it slightly chilled. Mm. So not as cold as a white, but just slightly chilled. I've always surprised with Dry Farms how many grape varieties I didn't know existed. Like we're all right? familiar with like, okay, it's Chardonnay, it's Merlot, it's Cab Sauv, whatever. And then you get something like, that whatever you said that grape was i don't even remember what it was called now and you're like i've never heard of this this is completely new to me and i love that aspect of it you realize how big the wine world is and when we homogenize it down to yellowtail it becomes very small hello winking <laughs> owl <laughs> yeah yeah no um it's true because just in learning more about the austrian wines you know i had never and even the german this blau frankisch Grape keeps coming up. Mm. And now, so then when I was uh, just reading up on this one and learning that this Weigelt is like a hybrid of that one, and I'm like, oh, well, like, look at all Here the things are. I'm learning. I know. I'm so chic. You're so chic. <laughs> I'm so chic. <laughs> yeah. And if you are new to our little dry farm segment, um, these are wines, like Angela said at the beginning, these are naturally fermented, no garbage, no additives, no sugar, not irrigated, blah, blah, blah. So much great information about that on the dry farm site. What that means is a lower alcohol percentage. And what that means is not only um, do you feel better when you drink it, but it's an e- also a really easy indication to see if extra yeast or extra sugar has been added. So like, what's the alcohol percentage on that bottle? It's only 11 and a half. Isn't that nuts? So if you go to your 11.45, not even 11. And if a half. you go to yep. your store and you flip the wine bottle over and it says 14, which most of oh, them yeah. are 13 and, and a half, will. 14. <laughs> yeah. Basically what that means is they added a bunch of sugar, then they added commercial yeast to get it to that higher percentage, which people just assume that that's best, that people mm-hmm. like the higher alcohol content. And it also stores for a little bit more consistently because of the higher alcohol content, which is why they do that. 
Dry Farms does not do that. So go give them a visit, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, get your penny bottle, and we will enter you into the raffle. And uh, fabulous. Okay, you guys, this was a really exciting one for us to record for you. We are going to be meeting with Lisa Bass of Farmhouse on Boone. So many of you have reached out to us and said, hey, have Lisa on, have Lisa on. We've actually worked with Lisa for years. And so we were really excited to meet up with her, talk to her about homemaking in her home. We touch on all kinds of stuff and have an awesome conversation. So let's do it. We would love to welcome Lisa from Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast, from the blog, Farmhouse on Boone, the YouTube channel. You all know and love her. Lisa, yes. welcome to Homemaker Chic. How are you? Thank you. Doing well. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm a listener, so this is, mm. this is fun. <laughs> We've had our listeners request that you be on since the beginning. They're like, you oh, need to really? talk to Lisa. I'm like, I know. Relax. I know her. It's going to be <laughs> fine. We'll have her on. I know. I'll get messages. She just this, I found this lady. She painted her couches. You should see what she did. I think you guys would get along. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Actually, I, I met you, quote, quote, here online um, years ago. I Some listener or reader reached out to me and she's like, you need to check out Farmhouse on Boone. She's like you, but a lot cleaner. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that just Wait. mean I'm not being honest or what? <laughs> I think it just, it was white. Oh. Your stuff was white. And so yeah. people, like, you know, it's cleaner. It's cleaner In my last my house, mind. everything was definitely more white. Yeah. So that's for sure. It was funny. It gave me a good laugh. Like you, but cleaner. Yeah, oh, I guess. I'm confident in who I am, listeners. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I embrace the crusty bits, the crusty yeah. corners. Yeah. Well, you have to on a farm and we just moved you to do. a farm as well. So it's definitely crustier. We have a mud room or like a boot room like you have. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's never not, it's never white. Yeah. It can't be. I mean, no, there's always just a, a thin... From bacon grease to dust to you know, <laughs> straw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people get really worried about coating of grease. everything. Yeah. I don't think either of you have a... Um, Lisa, can we just talk about that for a second? People are very concerned yeah. about the bacon grease in my kitchen. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, neither of you have a vent hood, do you? No. No. Oh, that, that really worries people. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Really I also does. They have are very a concerned, <laughs> but I get, I get a lot of people worried about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're it's like, don't your pans, your pans over your stove. Don't they get dirty? And I was like, well, I use them. They're not look. Yeah. Pans. Right. So right. they're all getting washed at least once a week, you know, right. They're getting used. I don't know. It's funny to me. I'm but like, yes, but yes, they do. The answer is yes. The answer is the yes. light bulb. You know, I have that bucket light that hangs over my island. Uh -huh. Yes. I have to wipe the light bulb off once a week. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But you know but what? People have who have vents, they have the same problem. It's not like the vent doesn't right? get gross. I'd rather it's clean like, my pans. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen the inside of somebody's microwave? It's nasty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lisa, for, for listeners who don't know who you are, give us, give us your life story, please. Oh, my life story. <laughs> well, um, I have a blog called Farmhouse on Boone and I actually started it when we lived on a quarter acre in town on Boone street in our last town. And I had chickens and a big garden and I was trying to, you know, get 
into the homestead lifestyle without really having the property to do it. And almost two years ago now, we actually found a little farm on seven acres with a Victorian farmhouse, an old barn, and a silo. Obviously, we bought it. Mm-hmm. And now we are expanding into... It's dreamy. I love it. Um, we actually... My listeners don't know this yet, but I'm actually picking up a four-year-old jersey on Monday. Oh. Red and due in the spring. And so I actually also have a little Guernsey heifer, but I got too impatient with waiting to have to basically wait two years to milk her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And we milk goats and I do a lot of sourdough. I'm kind of known for sourdough and sewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both things we should talk about because right? I, yeah. Okay. We'll get to those. First up the milk <laughs> cow, uh, best decision ever. When people ask me why we don't have milk goats, I'm like, why would I milk four of one thing? Yeah. Well, when I could just milk one of the other thing. Yeah. And I wanted goats just to get used to milking. I've never had to do something every single day. And so we've been milking mm-hmm. two goats for six months now. And we're down to about a quart of milk a day with two goats. It's very, very annoying. Yeah. That's for the birds. It really is. Yeah. I did. That's what I did though. Just to get used to the goats were my first mammal. Right. You know, after yep. The gateway mm-hmm. drug of chickens, you know. Uh-huh. So, yes, yeah, and it turns I out I actually the discipline of it. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. Like I, I actually love going out every morning and milking the goats. I realize it doesn't make sense. We have dairies in our area. I can pick up raw milk all day every day. I've been drinking raw milk for ten years. It's actually obviously a lot easier to drive and go get the milk. But you guys talk about it and how it's more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. I think you've said that before. Oh it's, yeah. It just, yeah, I love doing it. So yeah, I'm ready I feel for the it. same. I, I love milking. It's a chore. Mm-hmm. It's a chore. And when, like, I went out yesterday, it was like 11 degrees or something ridiculous. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I get out there and I smell her and I'm like, oh, I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just, and yeah, having that I, connection with where your food comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's, good. Yeah. I've already decided though, when all our kids are grown and gone, Unless I'm a baller cheesemaker, which I'm really working hard on, and I will keep working hard on it, um, I'm I'm thinking about sheep because you can do so much with sheep milk, and I've got some friends who milk sheep, and apparently the milk is amazing. It makes incredible cheese. So I thought that way. I don't ever want to not milk, even yeah. if my kids are gone, and I don't. Even if you don't need that much milk, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think. You know, people know you as really being, you know, one of the ones championing being a homemaker. How did that, how did you become that? Well, so I didn't start my blog until I had already been a homemaker for six or seven years, I want to say. So I spent those first seven-ish years learning how to mill my own grains and make sourdough bread and garden and keep chickens. And so, you know, so it was just a long learning process that then whenever I did start my blog, I already had a lot of that knowledge that I just started whenever my oldest was born. So when she Mm -hmm. was born, I decided I didn't want to go to work and I just homemaking inspired me. It still inspires me. And there's, so many things to learn. It never has to be boring. You yeah. guys really talk about that a lot. 
And I just, yeah. I loved learning every aspect of it. Obviously I'm still doing, I'm still learning all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talked about that a couple seasons ago where the homemaker really has this opportunity to be a champion of so many different things that she, you know, she's, she's typically not a master in any one thing. Right. Not at all. (laughs) It keeps (laughs) homemaking, you know, just in its nature, it keeps women very broad where you're dabbling in gardening and cheese making and sewing and laundry, the art of laundry. And, (laughs) you know, it's, I think it's like you said, it's one of the things that keeps it really exciting because every day and every season is different. It changes. Yeah. It does not have to be, it's not boring. never boring. Mm-hmm. And if you're a creative person, there are so many opportunities in homemaking for you to learn and grow. I mean, there's, I still haven't even made cheese. Like you were talking about, that's something that I want to expand into. And there's mm-hmm. never, you never run out of things to learn. Mm-hmm. The only type thing you run out of is time. Well, that, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I get in bed at night. What are you like, talking about? I yeah. Want to do yeah this Angela today. has so much time. <laughs> I always say, like, if I could just have nine days a week yeah, and 30 hours a day, if I could just have that extra six and the extra two, then I could do it. Watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. We did. We talked about that last season, though, how um, the homemaker has this really beautiful privilege of being an amateur at so many things. And it's I think it's maybe a modern notion that she's, you know, tied to the stove or constrained. And I, I think it's absolutely the opposite. I think right. the, the world is, my home is my oyster. You know, yes. I, I can do whatever I want. Yes, mm-hmm. I 100% see it that way. And even, even cooking, I'm, I'm like you, I love cooking. Mm-hmm. To me, that is when I'm, you know, I want to get away from my computer and get away from the blog, I'm just going to cook, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun part of the day. <laughs> it is. People ask me why I don't meal prep. That's why. Mm-hmm. I actually really love to cook. You're not trying to just get through it. Yeah. No, it's my treat. I mean, there are moments where I'm like, here's some cheese and crackers, have some, you know, there's lunch. Sorry, kids. Um, But dinner, I guard, I like safeguard that. Like, no, I'm, I'm doing this. Actually, last night we were trying to film this thing in the kitchen and was not, I don't, you guys both know this filming. You can cook or you can film (laughs) stupid hard to do both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like doing this. I'm like not even thinking how much am I drizzling or, you know, it's just like, Stu's like, keep going. I need to get it from this angle or whatever. I end up lighting the oven on fire. Oh gosh. Lighting it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like had to throw in, you know, a pound of baking soda to put it out kind of fire. Oh, no. oh my It was really gosh. bad. So the whole supper just tasted like smoke. <laughs> so will that be on your YouTube channel? No. <laughs> If you were Ange, that would go in the outtakes. I always put that stuff at the end to give people like a good laugh. (laughs) The irony was this was actually a cooking community video that we're shooting. Oh, okay. (laughs) It wasn't like a how-to. It was like we're uh, we're doing this big holiday thing and this special thing. So we're creating it. It was just meant to be like these sexy, you know, candlelit food shots. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't flames. Think of the clickbait (laughs) thumbnail you could do for that one, though. Right. <laughs> Did our house really light on fire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's, um, let's go down that road because we have a ton of listeners who are working moms and mm-hmm. you're a working mom. You have six kids, young kids, like you're a couple years, I think 
behind Angela because your youngest just turned a year, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, we're both working moms. It's not easy. It's not easy. So how do you do what you do? Um, I mean, I really utilize the, not so much a schedule, but a flow to our day to where every day we know what to expect. There are times when I know that I have, and there are times when I know that I can't be working. And so we usually, we really try to compartmentalize. So that way I'm not running in a million different directions. Obviously that looks better some days than others. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for, for parents who want to work, if they work from home, I always just say, make sure that you have like an afternoon rest time and you utilize that no matter what. So you use your entire morning to get ready to where at that time you aren't doing dishes or anything else. And you just have that small block of time. Because even if you only have a small block of time, if you have that every day, it really adds up and you can accomplish a lot. But Mm. it's tricky. That all sounds really nice and you know, you guys know, <laughs> right. It doesn't always look uh, that pretty. I remember, you know, when I was first introduced to you, my, my initial thought was, oh my goodness, this woman is organized. And it was something <laughs> as simple as you saying that at the beginning of the week, you get out the frozen meat. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I specifically have that memory of like, uh, right. I, that wasn't even, that was maybe a few years ago or something, but I just remember thinking, Duh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. My mom always did that. that. That's that's yeah. impressive. So I I'm, you know, like I myself, like so many women, I compare myself to others. And I think something that really um I find intriguing about you and comforting and encouraging is I know you're busting your butt just like I am. And uh, it, it's encouraging. I know you have real life moments, you know, you just said, oh, that sounds all good in theory, but you know, we all know how those days goes, but I, I love knowing that you're, you're doing it, you're doing it well, you're also in the trenches. Mm -hmm. It's just very encouraging to see someone else do it. And I, I was curious, were you, uh, was your mom a homemaker? I'm using air quotes, everyone, or what was Um, it? What kind of impact did your mom or other women have on, on who you are? Today. Yeah, my mom, she worked. So she worked from, you know, I went to daycare at six weeks and went to school and all of that. But she really is a homemaker. I think she actually, I, you guys both have talked about your moms. I feel like very similar to yours, maybe, Shay. Like she mm-hmm. is the hostess with the mostest. We go out on every single Sunday and she has a full spread. Like we definitely don't worry about bringing food. She feeds me. My sister has. Uh, almost five kids. I have six. We have husbands. I have other sisters. Anybody could show up. It's always mm-hmm. a very simple meal, meat, potatoes, vegetable. It's never something that she's really stressed about, but it's there. So she always was a homemaker, but a working outside of the home homemaker. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's an important point actually, because it can be done, mm-hmm. you know, and I think what we like to do as women is make decisions for ourselves, and then think everybody in the entire world should follow suit and be like, yeah. well, this is what homemaking is to me. So this is thus how it's now defined for everybody. And that's simply not true. I mean, we've, 
we've been doing this podcast long enough now that we've had listeners who are 17, who are living with their parents, who are like, I'm a homemaker, Mm -hmm. you know, or women who work a posh city job and live in an apartment. I'm a homemaker. Yes, you are. Um, You know, women who stay home who have no children, same. Um, And I think, you know, growing up with a working mom, she, like, there was nothing missing from that experience, you know? She showed up in all the right ways and she's still, st- we call her the, she, she's the matriarch. Yeah. You know? She's, she's Reba. <laughs> she is yeah. Reba. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could show up at my mom's early on Sunday because sometimes we go somewhere else for lunch and then come there for dinner because they live an hour away. We go every Sunday. If we showed up at lunch, we could eat too. There would be enough food. You know, there's always something, yeah. even though she, she just retired, but she's, she's worked all this time. She always sewed our Halloween costumes and cooked dinner, you know? Yeah, totally. Come on, Lisa's mom. Now you're just making us look bad. (laughs) I know. I don't sew Halloween costumes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, here's a trash bag and some duct tape. Like, yeah, be creative. I know. My daughter was trying to stress me out about Halloween. I'm like, I refuse. You give me a list. I will buy it. But I refuse to be stressed out about your Halloween costume. You are 11. And she, she did a cool costume. So she's good. That's funny. You're You're still nicer than me because I'm like, I'm not a penny. I'm not spending a penny. (laughs) Like there is enough crap around here. Just go buy something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My kids are like double-siding tape. They're like hemming skirts and experimenting with, they're all going to be Peanuts characters this year. So they're practicing like, you know, wrapping on Aisa's bangs to be Lisa's little swirl on the forehead. How so cute. Oh, cute. It's fun to see them be creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter's going to be a Bob Ross painting and I'm going to be Bob Ross. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, so, and her painting, trees. she showed me her painting yesterday on the shirt and I'm really proud. I was like, oh, Ruth, man. I am beaming with pride right now. Oh, that's <laughs> I, awesome. I friggin' love Bob Ross. Like I have a confession. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> he has yeah. so much joie de vivre and happiness. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. There's a, well, I'll just branch off here. There's like a documentary you can watch about him. You will end up sobbing at the end. Okay. We'll have to do that. My kids, you're gonna have to, if you show. like him, you're going to have to check it out. It's very cool. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> so think about like in learning to be a homemaker, Lisa, what do you think the hardest thing, what was the hardest part for you? Was there a, like a skill that was the hardest to learn or even a yeah. mindset, a mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the beginning it was really overwhelming. And I got a lot of people ask me that, like, where would you start if you knew nothing? Because in the beginning, you know, you and I, all of us, you forget where you were 10 years ago sometimes and totally. things that were hard that mm-hmm. are so easy now, even just the most basic things like preheating your cast iron skillet. So the food doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. That was something that you had to learn. So I think just the overwhelm in the beginning was the hardest. And I usually recommend people just start with something really simple, like throwing a, learning how to cook a whole chicken. That's always, you know, that's where you mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of concluded on the show that the roast chicken is ground it's the yeah, roast chicken. It is because yeah. people really feel card. accomplished when they've, mm-hmm. you know, when you go from always using chicken breasts and you just roast a whole chicken, it just really yes. makes you feel accomplished. Right? Yep, it does. And it's, it's a great, card, you know, we're going to talk about hospitality this season and it's a great card. It's your go-to. Yep. Makes people feel cared for, loved. 
you're not yep, stressed yeah. out because you weren't standing over the stove monitoring something. Right. You know, as companies walking in the door. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've even oh, confessed, yeah. like there have been times where I have literally just taken a chicken completely frozen straight from the freezer, dumped it onto a plate, See you like in put hours. it in the oven. I'm like, right? you'll be fine. It'll, it'll, as long as it's, it's cooked. Exactly. <laughs> as long as it's cooked. If it's dry, we'll just tear it up and put it over less. Uh-huh. You know, it's everything's yeah, going like to be butter. <laughs> When something is, yeah, if I bake something and then it's not done in time, I will pull it off the bone and then just put it into the skillet with a little bit of butter yeah. and salt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so true what you said. And and I started my blog, you know, maybe a year or two after I had gotten married. And so it's a pretty good reflection of the entire journey, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when the idea of drinking raw milk was like as big as my mind could comprehend. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I am so extreme. I am such a homemaker. <laughs> right. Like, look at what if I'm a foodie. Edgy. I'm so edgy. <laughs> foodie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But like my to-do list was like by the end of the year, you need a raw milk source. You need to learn how to cook a whole chicken. Like this was as big as my mind could think as a mm-hmm. homemaker. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remember that. It's important to remember, like, you don't just come knowing how to do all of these things. It's a skill. That's why yeah. we've talked about this before. We, we simply must appeal to older generations of homemakers. We should not confine ourselves to a bubble of our peers because our peers roughly know what we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet there is, a, there is a depth to, you know, women like your mother who have been doing this for 40 years Mm-hmm. who know and have experienced so much more than we have as homemakers, you know? And I think about my parents. My dad is a juvenile probation officer. He's always had a um, an affinity for troubled kids. And mm-hmm. so I remember as a teenager, like we had, you know, kids who had been displaced or were in a difficult family situation live with us. And sometimes it was for six months, sometimes it was for a year or, you know, there was always these situations that came up and I haven't had anything like that. I would have no idea what to do other than the example that they showed me. And, you know, they're drawing from such a well of, of knowledge. And I wish that more of that generation knew how to use YouTube and make podcasts Mm -hmm. because I wish that they would. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we, you know, our generation is kind of the ones who are technically savvy enough to right. bring this information to the new generation. You know, the yeah. ones even that are younger than us. It's kind of exciting. But yeah, yeah, it is. And I am like you. I I get seventeen year olds, fourteen year olds who tell me things that they've learned from my YouTube channel, and I'm like, oh, that's you know, yeah, to the next it. generation. To the next generation. <laughs> it's sweet. Yeah, I got an email yeah. from a twelve year old a few weeks ago. And then, oh, bless your yeah. heart. Get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. What, are, what do your kids think about it? Are they uh, receptive well, or? Yeah. You know how kids are. They don't know. They just yeah. know what their parents do. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And we've been doing so much of this for so long. Like I said, we, we've been drinking raw milk since my oldest was 18 months. And so they've all grown up on raw milk and drinking keeper smoothies and eating from scratch. But I'm also not the mom that is like my sister. She is awesome. She is so protective of her kids. They never eat anything bad. Mm. Mine are like, eh, if we're here and people yeah. have candy, eat the candy. Like I'm so much more 
<sighs> laid back with it, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I kind of had to be. There's too many social situations that I couldn't deflect all those bombs, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I feel like I just couldn't do it, but yeah. she's so good because she always will bring the food for her kids, you know, and she, you know, it's where they still have a dessert, but one that's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my kids love it. Um, they love, they really are loving the farm life for sure. Mm. It's a, every morning we all go out together and do the chores and milk the goats and they hand me feed and they'll have their little tasks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I love when somebody older visits the farm. So my, like my grandpa, he's passed on now, but he, um, when he would come and my kids would be like basically naked running around, you know, <laughs> their, their bottoms of their feet are like moccasins because they just yeah. never wear shoes yeah, on right. the farm. Of course. Why would they, you know, and they're dirty and like they do this funny thing actually where we're milking the cow and they try to squirt it into each other's mouths. I mean, they're just farm <laughs> kids, you know, they're just farm right. kids. And he would just be like, this is how we grew up. Like this is, I love that your kids get to have that. And there's this generation that kind of appreciates that. Yeah. Yeah. Rustic no. farm kid. Aspect. Yeah. When my dad comes out, he just loves it. I love this place. You guys got to really love this place, don't you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's fun. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, like what, what kind of skills are you, you know, I always want to keep things broad for my children as broad as possible. So like you want to have a farm when you grew up, great. You don't, that's fine too. But it's like the principles that we're trying to drill in for them to take on. Right. What are, yeah. what are kind of those things for your family? We really try to allow a lot of time in our schedules for creativity and keeping the supplies available. So I really, that's one of my main reasons why I love homeschooling so much. We leave out the sewing machine. We, you know, leave out the instruments. I know you guys have talked about that Mm -hmm. as well to where your home is an environment of learning. As far as the farm, just, I'm really hoping to teach hard work and, you know, a lot of people don't know where your food, I mean, they really, truly, the questions I ask, I realize they really don't know where their food comes from. (laughs) They don't. I think the farm life don't, I don't know if you'd agree. I think it's a little bit like math. So as a kid, you're growing up and you can be doing math and just making your way through algebra. And you're like, I'm never going to use this crap. I'm never going to use this. (laughs) But you do use, you do use the concept of looking at a problem and having to work through it. You know, that's kind of how I have I, I hated math growing up, but now I see the discipline behind it, even if it's not like, you know, actually a theory that I'm using. And I think for the kids, that's going to be the same with farm life. They're not going to all want to have a farm. They're, we just butchered our ducks. One kid, the the head came off the first duck. One kid went running to the house and was like, I don't want to be a farmer anymore, you know? But I think that um, they're going to take like the the work ethic and the the theory behind okay here's a task here's something that needs to get done we're going to power through it or here's the the structure of our year and we go by the seasons whether it's the work that needs to be done or the food that's available and they'll be able to take those concepts and apply them to their life if they don't necessarily want to be homesteaders or farmers or whatever you want to call it well i think that's true for a lot of our listeners a lot most of them don't have a farm Mm-hmm. And these are all principles that you pass on, or even, you know, even if you don't have kids that you're just instilling in yourself, 
Discipline mm-hmm. is a good thing to practice as an adult. Creativity is a good thing to practice as an adult. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is a good thing to practice as an adult. Um, and there are a million ways that you can learn those things. This is just one of them. Yeah. You know? I mean, as like you said, having a farm does put you in a unique position to encounter a lot of problems that you have to figure out how to solve. <laughs> right? So many problems. Yeah. Every day. I mean, yeah. I mean, you were way further on this journey than me, but oh. there have already been things like, oh, I never thought about that. I didn't realize that that is how this works, you know? Yeah. Yes. It's, oh man, it's been a doozy. By the way, everybody, the cow has recovered beautifully from mastitis. All is well. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we had this instance last week where we were bringing the sheep home for winter and there was one stupid ram, just big boy. His name's Monty. My daughter named him Monty because she's like, if his name's Monty, you won't butcher him. (laughs) Yes, we will. He's big and ornery. Wouldn't get on the trailer. So separation to a herd animal does mean death. They, as long as they're together, they're fine. If you separate them, they're not fine. But he, we couldn't get them on. And so we have to take everybody else home. This is about two miles away as the crow flies from our farm. We leave Monty behind in the pen. And Stu and I leave, we're like, there's no way he's staying in that pen. He won't do it. But what else are we going to do? You know, so this is when we need like border collies or something. Anyway, we come back the next day to get him. Monty's not there. Oh, boy. About three hours later, in the middle of one of my cooking community calls, Monty shows up in our driveway. Just walked two miles by himself. Oh, boy. You know, (laughs) who knows what he ate on the way? I don't even know. And I was just like, here we are. Like, I feel like we're still amateurs. We know all these things. And yet, you know, you're just (laughs) constantly trying to solve problems. Like, well, if he goes here and maybe he'll sniff him out here and... Just, it's ridiculous. This lifestyle is ridiculous, you guys. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why would you do that to yourself? Exactly. I'm like, because what what else are you going to do? I mean, Joel's out stable gunning tarps on roofing or leaky roofs on decrepit outbuildings, you know, because it's like almost November. And yeah, what else would you do with your time? What what else are you going to do? You have to do something, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, you, if you make oh. it too convenient, you're going to be bored. Exactly. Who wants mm-hmm. a boring life? <laughs> um, seriously. So, Lisa, the, the last episode of your podcast I listened to was about your capsule or sort of lack thereof, your capsule wardrobe. Um, I myself don't practice this, but when you did the bit talking about your kids' clothes and like the holes and like only having long sleeves in the winter time, and it was just like my—I was so angry with myself, <laughs> and yet encouraged, and yet encouraged. I'm gonna get in there and rip that closet apart. I—I mm-hmm. I guess I—I <laughs> I fall into this ditch of thinking if I do it once, I know it'll last forever. Well, I right. organized my kids' clothes once. Yeah, <laughs> they're organized. It's like, well, no, they were organized yeah. in summer, and now it's right. fall. <laughs> so before exactly. we came down to record, I was like, put everything that has stains or holes in a pile. And Will's like, I won't have any pants. You're right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to take me to the store in my underwear in order to get me something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love that idea of um, how you call your pieces that you wear a season your uniform. Mm-hmm totally the same way. Like this purple sweater, everyone's like, I keep, you keep wearing it. Have, did you film it all on the same day? I'm like, no, 
I just wear it every day. It's just my favorite sweater. And why would I wear anything else if I have a favorite sweater? Exactly. (laughs) Well, why don't you talk about that idea? The idea of your uniform. Well, I, I actually do this really naturally. I don't know if it's because I grew up going to Catholic school. Maybe that's why I do it, but, or maybe I'm just not that interested in clothing. I mean, I know you, you all are more interested than I Angela's am. like, excuse me. <laughs> Angela's like, <laughs> this is yeah. where we part ways. <laughs> right. Exactly. So this is, this is obviously a concept that works better for people who don't express their creativity mm-hmm. as much through clothing, because mm-hmm. if you do, this is probably just going to sound not fun, but <laughs> I just am not that interested in it. So every year I end up getting like two or three, honestly, two or three. I probably in the podcast said more than that because I didn't five. want anybody you said, five. okay, I didn't want anybody to be like, are you kidding me? But I just wear the same couple outfits over and over and over again. And then usually by the end of the season, they're destroyed. And then I can just start over again in the next season. So I have less, I have a half of one armoire. We don't have closets. So I have a half of one armoire. Luke has the other half and a whole dresser. So that's how much how yeah. much how much less I care about clothing than him. <laughs> so yes. We I don't know if it's really like a, as well too. And it's, oh yeah, that's right. I don't know if it's really yeah. a concept. It's just it's kind of just what I do. But it makes it really easy. Just you know, I just swap the clothes out of the dryer and yeah. a lot of times outfits don't even make it into the drawers. We just yeah. live out of the washer and dryer and we all wear the same <laughs> stuff. Yes. <laughs> My boys wear the same stuff anyway. Yeah. So that's like why I'm like, week. why am I washing right. 87 pants when I know for one, only three of these are dirty and you just didn't want to put them away in your mm-hmm. drawer because your drawer is full of stuff that yeah. you don't wear because you're still wearing that disgusting set of horrible clothes that you've been wearing for the last four months. With like yogurt crusted on oh. it. <laughs> they, they don't come clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you said, and there's a piece of that that really appeals to me, like rock it for three months and then burn it. And yeah. Then just move on. But see, that's, that's why I need that extra six hours a day or that extra, that nine days a week. Is yeah. doing all the there and just with a machete. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I especially do it with baby clothes because you know how babies are. They, one, they want to be comfortable. So I don't really see the point in all the cute clothes. So like zero to 12 months, just they have three or four sleepers per time. And then they're so destroyed. I can just get rid of them. I don't have bins of baby clothes in the basement. We just use them and they're done. Yeah. Yeah. We were the same way. I was never there. I would just wasn't enough, like put together enough to make my no. babies cute. I was like, here they are. No, one of my kids got baptized in a onesie. Cause like, I didn't <laughs> even have time to put his baptismal gown on. I was just like, yeah, I needed an extra two days a week. I needed an. I had it with me, but like I wasn't prepared. I just mentally wasn't ready. And then the pastor's like, "Okay, and now it's time." And here's anyway, his drape it yeah, over like, him. Poor Will. I posted I a, a picture for my son's first birthday, and he was in his sleeper because I wasn't going to change him into a cute birthday outfit. <laughs> he was not. I didn't have that planned. He's my, my sixth not. child. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the Does sleepers. It, my kids would just. My babies would just wear something for a few days, just to stay warm. Like you said, they just want to be comfortable. Right. You know, outfits, outfits are always shimmying up. Socks are coming off. Yeah. Shoes, the baby shoes. That's what gets me. clothing is a joke. Just put them in a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Here's a question. Lisa, okay. 
and baby taking in mind the baby stuff. How much of that kind of stuff do you think is because of social media? Like, and how much of what you do would you just, we always talk about this. Like if this all goes away, there's no cameras, there's no Instagram. What would I still do? Right. Yeah. It's always really, it's a refining question to ask, but like, I'm still cooking the same food. I'm still wearing the same clothes. Like this is just what my makeup looks like, whether or not people are seeing it or not. Um, and something like baby clothes, it makes me wonder, like if you're not taking pictures of them, why would it? Yeah. <laughs> no one's, and no one's going to see like, what do you actually just want your kid to wear? Right. I yeah. think some women probably would really want their kids to wear that really cute. Yeah. Stuff. Like they really enjoy it. Right. Um, but yeah, I can think probably, of. Yeah. I can think of people I know in my personal life whose babies would look put together whether there was social media or there wasn't. Yeah. They just that's what they enjoy, that's what they like. But yeah. yeah. I I think for the most part I share what I'm interested in. I I think especially if you removed any pressure of blogging and videoing it, I'd probably do all of it even more than I do now. I used to mm-hmm. sew way more than I do now. Now it, it requires me to make a whole video out of it. And so it's always. Yeah. Eh. It's, so hard. <laughs> it's videoing yeah. it is so, so no. hard. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think maybe the conception is like with, you know, I, okay. I'm going to use an expression here, but people like us who are on social media that like we're doing, maybe there's an aspect of it that we're doing for social media, but I think you're totally right. If I wasn't, I would do more. Mm-hmm. I, I used to sew social more. media takes up mm-hmm. so much time, especially yeah. sewing. Like, yes, yeah. it used to be like a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would stay up till midnight sewing because it was so much fun. And now that wouldn't really work for lighting. And so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little cool light by the needle, though. That always gives a good that's, shot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's funny because that's why we were filming last night by candlelight. I was like, well, we'll just have to turn, you know lemons into lemonade because we were trying to film all day and stuff kept happening. So we couldn't film until the sun went down. I was like, well, now we're going to light some candles. Now we have romantic by- shots. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll film by oven flame instead. And <laughs> yeah. that was the end of the video. <laughs> that <was laughs> That's the season we're in now. Cause it's now it's, you know, late October and it's just dark. It's dark yeah, all yeah. day here. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be a whole lot of yellow and manipulated like yeah yeah exactly that's how my till april are lately. basically <laughs> yeah yeah till the time changes back again <laughs> mm-hmm. here's another question for you because the theme of this season is hospitality how do you how does your family you've got six kids how does your family practice hospitality we're trying to do it more. And I, I always have to get past the things aren't done. I remember for the longest time being like, mm. when the kitchen is done, we will constantly invite people over. And then there's always something else that we want to get done. So, I mean, we're just trying to make more of an effort to do it. We've had a few families out here. We don't do it near as much as you guys do. <laughs> mm. But I want to, but we're in a whole new area. We moved about an hour from where we used to live, which doesn't sound like much, but where we live, it is it is a different area. Mm-hmm. So we've met a lot of families and we've had some out here, but definitely want to do it more. We're mm-hmm. actually having a wedding here um, this weekend. Hey, there's a oh, wedding in that's hospitality this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So my house will be super open this whole yes. weekend. <laughs> oh, no pressure. No yeah, pressure. Yeah, it's my little sister's wedding in my barn. So that'll be really Oh, that's amazing. Ooh. Yeah. Fabulous. 
my only concern, like my first thought when you said that was pretty. And then my next thought was like, we have one toilet on a septic system. (laughs) That's what my husband said. He's like, I don't know if we can handle this on our septic. I'm like, well, not everybody's going to have to go to the bathroom during the wedding and the reception isn't here. Oh so, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. Oh yeah, that'll you'll be, be fine. just we, the ceremony. We did a lot of farm weddings at my grandparents' farm for my cousins and stuff, and they'd always rent like the nicest porta potty, and then yeah. make like a little like you know hinge doors together and make like uh-huh. the area washing station and everything. Try to make it cute. Try we should have done yeah. that, but we we didn't. I think it might be too late. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, um, well, that's I a great think, way to dive into hospitality. Yeah, so yeah, everything just a wedding from there. Yeah. 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 I think what you mentioned, you know, keeping you from doing it in the beginning, I think that's so normal for people to feel Mm -hmm. that way. And we really feel like if I can't give it an A plus rating, it's not worth doing, you know? And it's funny. We've like our kitchen, for example, we've been renovating this kitchen for four years now. It's not done. Like I just went to Lowe's yesterday to get the sealant for the floor because (laughs) we did the floor a year ago couldn't stay off it long enough to put a coat of sealant on it, God forbid, and uh, (laughs) had to wait till the construction was finished. And I've had so many people over, they call it my uh, basement of death, my root cellar, because the stairs going down it are rickety. And if you don't know which ones will sort of feel like they're going to give out from underneath you, it's really (laughs) freaky when you go down. And it was just exposed electrical and cobwebs. And it looked like somebody had been murdered down there. Like if you were to walk down, you're like, this is how I'll die. Yeah. Finally got it sheetrocked just last week. And we had some friends over and they're like, wow, like no more murder basement. And <laughs> this it was is like, nice. that's right. You kind of get to appreciate the process alongside with us. And I think that's part of it is bringing people sort of into your fold. Well, yeah. And everyone else's life is messy too. I know. And we just need to get together. I've been, we've been having play dates more than anything. So like on a Friday, I'll have over my sister and her kids and then three or four other moms. We have a little group going now, Mm -hmm. their kids and it, it, everybody brings something so that we have a whole bunch of snacks. We just put them all out on my big kitchen table and then all the kids run around outside. And those have been so refreshing for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I am an extrovert. And so I know you guys aren't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about play dates in one of your episodes, and I was like, this is like Angela said, this, this is where we part ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm a play date mom. I really am. It's energizing for me. It's what I look forward to. Look at Shay's face. Look at so Shay's face right now. I'm so confused. <laughs> She has the 11s, oh my- like, no, Ooh. does not compute. I know, this is why, <laughs> they're, this why they're permanent, because I'm constantly oh. scowling. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny how we think about, like, you know, with hospitality, it's, I think it's this constant struggle, perhaps, of remembering it's not about us. And when we start, like, obsessing about, like, oh, my kitchen's not done, or I have an old toilet, whatever, then it's, it's not about hospitality anymore. You know, and it's about impressing people. Right. I think about my friends that I love so dearly, and I've been in their home and their boot room looks like a bomb went off, or their (laughs) Mm -hmm. kitchen counters are all messy. I don't care. No, it has nothing to do with the not your problem (laughs) and richness of our conversation or how much I enjoy them. And I can't believe like how much effort it takes 
when somebody's coming in to just disconnect from that, like they yes. don't care about the crumbs on their, your floor. Like that is all in your mind. Yes, and it's true. Even if we just have to let go of that every day or every time I hear the gravel crunch and somebody's coming down the driveway, like what a great discipline, even as a homemaker to just keep striving for it. Let it go. Yep. There's, there's like the love of hospitality and wanting to create a warm, rich, comforting, nurturing environment for your guests. And then there's like this fine line of, but it's also not about how you. things look, you know, <sighs> no. it's not yeah. about you. It's not okay, about we have you. to stop yeah. there because that's episode two of this. We're literally going, Oops. okay, <laughs> that's it. Plus Lisa has to get ready for a wedding. <laughs> yeah, right? we're doing our nails tonight. So, okay. okay. Well, <laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to join us. I mean, the fact that we have 16 children between the three of us and not one kid ran in while we were recording is kind of mind boggling. I so, did have to get up and go yell at someone. I know. I saw that. So. <laughs> um, so tell your husband, thank you. If he's the one keeping them under wraps, we he really is. appreciate He took it. them away. Oh, bless him. <laughs> thank oh, you. That's so fabulous. And we want you to come back soon so yeah. that we can, you know, dig even deeper next time. So well, thank you so yes. much. Yeah. So thank you. Real, real fast, us. like leave people with how they can get a hold of you. You can find me on Instagram at farmhouse on Boone, youtube.com slash farmhouse on Boone, farmhouse on Boone.com. All of those places are great places to find me. And also I have a podcast, of course, uh, simple <laughs> farmhouse life. That's pretty important because I'm on a podcast right now. <laughs> and I noticed that, um, my podcast comes up whenever somebody's looking at your podcast as a recommend yep. and then vice yes. versa. Vice versa. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. We're, we're overtaking the Apple podcast. Home yeah. And Jill. Category. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So if you don't like us, sorry. Um, <laughs> all right, Lisa, thanks for being here and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. That was fabulous. Um, I'm encouraged. I, I love that girl. I know. Like she's, she's a, a powerhouse. She makes me want to be a better version of myself. She does. And that's inspiration. That's, you know, I never want to be someone else. I just want to be a better me. And so, yeah, I'm going to go pillage the boys closet now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) If only I had like alone time and four extra hours today to just rip it apart. Two extra hours a week, six extra hours a day. (laughs) That'll do it. That'll do it. Well, thank you listeners so much for joining in on this conversation today. Make sure you check us out over on Instagram. Homemaker Chic Podcast is our handle over there. And prepare to participate in Ultra Feminine Friday, hashtag Ultra Feminine Friday. Show us what feminine looks like for you. And we will share that in our stories. We love seeing all of these photos come in. It's so wonderful to see how many women do this and how many women do it in such different ways because ultimately it looks different for each of us as it should be. Yeah. It's like coveralls to vintage gowns. I absolutely love Mm -hmm. it. And also share with us what you're sipping by using the hashtag what I'm sipping. Show us your dry farm and we will share that too. Yes. I love that. Um, if you'd like to spend some more time with Angela and I before Thursday, before Thursday's episode, uh, what's on your what's going on in your YouTube channel today, Angela, or this week? Okay, well, the most uh, I was live on Friday, okay. So that's where I just hit sit and hang out with my people. Okay. It's kind of a hoot if you can keep up with us. Um, 
But if you need something really crazy and fun, if you're like costuming with your kids, uh, yeah, I made a Marie Antoinette dress out of hydrangea. So ridiculous. <laughs> it was. It was totally ridiculous. Don't comment and tell me how ridiculous it was or that it was a waste of time. I'm well aware it was all in the name of just doing something creative and fun. Yes. And ridicule with my daughters. And we nailed yes, it. Yes, you did nail it. And I you, what do you have going it. on? Um, I am making flavored gin. <laughs> oh, well, you're cooler than I am. I'm, I got dried flowers in my hair and you're making gin. Yes, I am Whatever. making a slow gin. So it's like a honey sweetened fruit flavored gin. And I want people to go and make it because they have time to make it before Thanksgiving. I've been, I've been saving mine for Thanksgiving. And so it's a fun one. Oh, that's yes. great. So we don't have to like hold out till Christmas for it to do exactly. We can have it by Thanksgiving. Yep. It'll be Fun. ready by Thanksgiving. So go visit us there. Um, Angela's YouTube channel is Parisian Farm Girl. I am on YouTube as The Elliot Homestead. Do show some love to our sponsors, JovialFoods.com, AmericanBlossomLinens.com. We love them and are so thankful to have them on the show as sponsors. And uh, we will see you guys Thursday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.